Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 99. So I wanted to bring in my guest today. It's going to be a great show about a great topic, a necessary topic. So um, he's a founder of Freedom for the Nations. He's also the host of the, the This is Freedom podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network, man. I'm all tongue-tied and twisted this morning. Uh, and then host of the Highways TV program. Let's give it up for our friend of the show, our amazing guest, Demonte Edmonds. Hey! Hey, Jeff. Good to be here with you. Yeah, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's good yeah. to be back. We had a wonderful time the last time that I was on. We did. We always have a good time. Yeah. I don't know. I think I need more coffee this morning, man. I'm like all like <laughs> all, all out of sorts. Um, I think you're in the spirit. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. We're going with that. Um, so, okay. Let's get right into it because I have a feeling like this is going to be, I, I have my own questions written down regarding this subject, but I really want you to go, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the topic of what's in a mantle. We're going to be talking about mantles, their importance, their significance, uh, what they are, how people receive them, and uh, how people can learn how to function according to the mantle that they may receive from God. Awesome. Okay, Demonte, what is a mantle? Because I don't uh -oh. think it's the thing. I don't think it's the thing that sits above the fireplace. <laughs> no. So mantle is symbolic. In the Bible, it talked about uh, Elisha had the mantle of Elijah in double portion. And it's a it's a spiritual garment. It's a layer that God drops on the person. I call it a spiritual package. And when okay. I said that, it means that when God calls you to an assignment, especially in the fivefold ministry, that and he chooses you after you go through a process of preparation, he has to give you the equipment. He has to give you the endowment. He has to give you the grace to accomplish that assignment. So if a person was to sign up for the military, they give you a duffel bag, you know, they give you your boots, they give you your outfit, they give you, uh, you know, your equipment. And so a mantle is like that duffel bag. It has a lot of the goods and resources spiritually that you need to accomplish your assignment. And it's dropped on you or into you, into your spirit, in the spirit realm. And um, one of the reasons it's called a mantle as well is because in the Old Testament, those prophets did wear a mantle and the mantle was symbolic of their position of authority, their position of influence, their position of being in that prophetic office. Okay. Yeah, because I think that there's a lot of, um, I think this is something that even just looking at your notes, this is something that God is actively doing. I mean, he's always been doing it, but um, do you feel like there's an increase of of mantles that are going to be released um, during this season? I feel like in each generation, there have been mantles released, uh, but because our population is greater now, you know, if you look back a thousand years ago, I don't know what the population of the earth was, it may have been just a few million. We mm -hmm. have that many down in New York City. We have billions now. And so there's more needs, there's more darkness, there's more demonic challenges, and there's more people on the earth. And so God has to release more mantles uh, to deal with those situations and also meet the needs of people. So I believe, yes, there are going to be more mantles, but I also believe because of the complexity of the times that we're in, you know, we have challenges that 
older generations didn't have. For instance, technology is a great blessing. We're sharing the gospel and talking about the kingdom today, but mm -hmm. technology can bring in a lot of wickedness as well. People use yeah. it for wickedness. People use mm -hmm. it for, you know, there's something called the 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 black the dark web. The you know my wife calls it the deep, the deep dark web, um, yeah. where technology is used for human trafficking for selling mm -hmm. weapons and submarines and you know legal stuff. Yep. So, and even in the political arena, in the and in the economic arena, you know, economics now is not like it was in the days of Jesus. <laughs> you know, you you went out of right. caught fish or you grew something, and, and if it if it rained, you had a good economy. If it didn't rain, you had a bad economy. Now there's so many complexities with global trade and all of these different factors mm -hmm. that the mantles that are being released, I believe, are going to be more enhanced to deal with the complexities of our time and of our hour and of the challenges that are present. So yes, I believe there are going to be more mantles, but I believe there are going to be more uh, mantles that are, because the mantles are released in accordance with the generation. Okay. So we may not need Moses' mantle to bring in locusts. <laughs> yeah. We, Please, we, Lord, we, no. <laughs> we'll be very practical here. Yeah. Locusts may eat up some people's grass, but a lot of us, you know, we're not we're not going out farming to get our food. We got our food in the freezer. Yeah. So it's a different, you know, different, different right? Different, or a different time yeah. frame. We're not storing stuff in a storehouse, or at least most of us aren't. Yeah. But so, in our pantry, and we have non-perishables. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, to prepare the way of the Lord, John the Baptist said he was the greatest. But he didn't do any miracles because miracles was 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 not what was needed at that time to prepare mm. the way of the Lord. What was needed was repentance and understanding the message of the kingdom. He brought the introduction of the kingdom message that there was a transition. And so that teaching mantle, he had that uh, mantle for repentance and reformation. It was needed for that generation. So each generation, there's different needs and challenges. And God tailored tellerizes those mantles for those specific dispensations of time. Okay. And how, so how are, okay. So a mantle is basically a spiritual package. Uh, yes. So you're given essentially uh, like it could be a starter kit. It could be an upgrade kit. It could be, you know, something like that. Like if you're, um, uh, yeah, you're giving some equipment and then they go, okay, here's an upgrade. Here's an upgrade pack for you. Or like, uh, in the gaming world, they have things called downloadable content. It used to be called an expansion pack. So it built off of the original game. Right. Okay. So kind of, I yeah. guess maybe kind it's of like your windows thing. update. It's yeah. like your new iPhone update. There we it's go. Like you've, been, you've been operating at 2.0 and all of a sudden you're in praying something drops on you. You come out and you're the version 3.5. Yeah, you're and, like, whoa, check out these new features. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife had a dream that she was at, like these bleachers and she saw her older self and was able to talk to her older self. And she admired her older self and she called it Jessica 2.0. And, but, okay. <laughs> you know, the, the mantled version versus the unmantled version, that's kind of how we saw it as well. Yeah. And so for myself, I know the, the, the month, the date, that the mantle was dropped on me for the prophetic ministry. I mean, it was a distinct difference. For instance, with Elisha. So one of the things about a mantle, 
you know, sometimes we look for this overwhelming, mind-blowing spiritual experience. And God may do that a lot with a lot of things, actually. Yeah. Yes, for a lot of things. Elisha didn't even know that he had received a double portion because when Elijah was taken up, he went back to the school of the prophets and they said, well, you know, let's go ahead and look for Elijah, you know, and he said, look, Elijah's been, Elijah's been taken. But when he got to the river Jordan, he was unsure. He was uncertain if he had the goods. He was uncertain if he had the package. He was uncertain if he had what I, what I call in my circle, the juice. Yeah. The he juice. said, where is the God of Elijah? And then when he split that river, he knew that he received the mantle, the double portion of what was left for him and imparted from heaven. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't know it, you know, so he didn't yeah, have that's these really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely a message in there where often we look at a lot of things where we tend to like romanticize the we romanticize the you know, whatever it is within the Bible, because we see the condensed version of how something went about because we can't hear the thoughts of <laughs> Elisha. We can't hear the thoughts yeah. of Moses. We can't hear the thoughts of these people where they're having to wrestle with their humanity of like Satan coming in and trying to get them to doubt, getting them to question um, and then having to hold fast to God's promises. And yeah, we do see that a little bit, you know, within the Bible, but we see, you know, events that could take months we see them summarized in a couple of chapters you know yeah. that we can read in <laughs> minutes you know um and so i think that that's a really important thing that you brought up where um you know even elisha didn't fully realize uh, the extent of um this new mantle that he had received um, and i think sometimes we're waiting for something else to happen and we just sit there in in still water because we're waiting for something else to happen when we already have it Sometimes we already have it. And you know yeah. what's, what's amazing? Number one, all of the school of the prophets knew that he was the successor. Mm. He was the one doubting a little bit. Number two, he just saw a chariot of fire come down from heaven <laughs> and go up in a whirlwind and take his men. Can you imagine if you were talking to Steve and a chariot of fire comes from heaven and Steve goes up in a whirlwind? <laughs> my faith is going to be through the roof right I mean, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we never think of it from that human aspect but after all of that transpired and he got to the river and had to look at this river and and he had to say now when i take my mantle off of me will it do the same thing that it used to do for elijah that can be intimidating with mm -hmm. people i believe people were watching him i believe that was the moment that it was not only for him but it also was for those people to know that he had received it. But his, you know, our humanity wrestles with us after seeing a chariot of fire in a whirlwind, and, and you know, this his mentors taken up. You would think that his faith would have been through the roof, but he still was challenged with God: Is this real for me? Because a lot right. of times we can see things greater for other people than for ourselves. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's sometimes it can be easier to believe things for other people, but then not for yourself. And I've definitely been there myself. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is up for interpretation, but if I'm not mistaken, the school, the prophets that were the, the other prophets that were there across the river, they didn't see the chariot of fire, did they? It was Elisha who saw it because he they was didn't, like, they... didn't, didn't Elijah say, if you can see how I'm taken up, then you got it. He said, yeah, if you're here, if you're around, 
and the chariot of fire and the angels don't kill you, then you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but no, they didn't they didn't see it because they told him, let us go look for a few days because Elijah will be transported places. Mm. They said, well, maybe he's on a mountain. Maybe he's, you know, it's, it's not unusual for him just to, the Lord just to take his entire body and transport him um, or teleport him. And so they looked for him for a few days because they didn't see. And he told them, you go ahead and look, but I know that he's gone. Mm -hmm. So they didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also important too, because sometimes uh, other people are, are, other people might be waiting for something miraculous too, just like with you, where you're waiting for something miraculous to happen so that you feel uh, better about that receiving a mantle or whatever it may be um, getting, um, you know, God awakening, you know, yes. deeper prophetic gifting within you, whatever it may be, you're waiting for that. But then also other people could be waiting for that. They could have that misunderstanding too, and be waiting for, well, I didn't see anything happen. So you don't have it, you know? Um, uh, yes. I, I want to tell you one of my people asked me, so our meetings have a lot of miracles, supernatural stuff at uh -huh. times. And I've met with, you know, young men in ministry and they asked me, well, you know, give me some of your secrets or insights. And I said, one of the things I always do is before a meeting is a, a real meeting, big meeting or a major meeting or a guest speaker. I said, I, I take a nap. And they look at me like, what? They're looking for me to say, you oh, know, I awesome. fast for eight hours. I do this. I do. This. I've done that stuff. And it works to a degree. But what works the best for me is to take a nap. And they, they think like they think that I'm trying to hold back something from them. But what I found is this. I remember one time I did all this fasting and praying before a meeting. When I got to the meeting, I was so exhausted from fasting and praying. I don't know what I was prophesying, Jeff. I don't know <laughs> what I was talking about. Only the Holy Ghost would know. Mm. And so what happens good. is the anointing flows from the Holy Spirit through your spirit, filtered through your soul, and moves through your body. Mm. And so if your body's tired and, 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 and exhausted, the anointing is going to be hindered. So one of the things the Lord showed me is to be well rested when it's time to minister, because I should already be prayed up. If I have to wait to the last hours to get prayed up, I should already did that days, weeks, months before. That's a great you know, point. Be, <laughs> but sometimes we look for the, <laughs> sometimes the super is more than the natural. The natural plays a big part in the super. Yeah, man. And God bless Nats, you know, like I'm a big fan. So, uh, I do that though. Sometimes when I'm working, um, I think that's great advice because sometimes when I'm working on a project and I need to get in the right headspace, sometimes the best solution is taking a nap. Like sometimes yeah. that's my lunch break is I, I'll, I'll just, there's a bed right here in our spare room. I just shut off the lights, take a quick 10, 10 minute nap, get up. I'm supercharged, you know, it's called a power nap. Power nap. Yeah. <laughs> My friends and I used to that. We call it the third hour of power because we would take a 20 minute nap when we were in missions. We called it the third hour of power. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is hour. cool. Anyways. Yeah. So, okay. So how, how are mantles released? I think we got a good grasp on what a mantle is. Um, uh, but how are they released? Okay. So they're all, they always come from God. We cannot, desire a mantle that we're not called to we cannot desire a ministry we're not called to we cannot desire an assignment we're not called to you know i would love to be able to sing it's not going to happen yeah and the lord's proven that out time after time i'm that's not my noise um <laughs> but i admire and applaud people that can do that it, it comes from god it's you know whatever the will of god is 
but it's received this way. There is always a season in time that God takes you through an increased process, preparation, uh, a dealing. Some people even call it the wilderness season. And it can, it can come two ways. One, it can be dropped on you from heaven. And I'm going to tell two few stories about that. Mm-hmm. The second way is God can use an individual who is normally a mature spiritual figure to impart a mantle okay. or to, to release it. And so I'm going to tell the second way first, because that's going to be easier. I'm going to go back to the first way. So sometimes the Lord actually had me take my jacket off and prophesy over a person. When I wave the jacket or throw it at them, it's like, I know that there's a mantle being imparted to them. They're not getting my mantle, but they're getting the mantle the Lord has for them. And they always come back and report like they just have this increased hearing from God, this increased visions, this increased ability, this new fire. You know, it's this this tangible uh, difference in their walk, in their giftings, in their grace. So God may use a person. Now, in the case of Elijah and Elisha, it was a person being used, but he told them, Ultimately, it's up to God. It's not up to me. He said, if you see me when I'm taken, that is the sign that you're going to get it. It's not up to me. It's still up to God. It has to be at the behest of the word of the Lord and the authority of the Lord. Um, now, years ago, Jeff, this is going. I had a gentleman. He was a prophet. And he said, um, De- I was young then, way younger. He said, DeMonte, when I come to Virginia, I was in Virginia at the time, I'm going to release my mantle to you. You know, he had this deep Yeah. I'm going to release my man. As a young guy, I'm sure you're like, woo. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And I was excited because, you know, at that time, I'm like in my 20s. I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to take. And then I thought about it. I said, well, if he's releasing his mantle to me, what is he going to use for ministry? Is he going to die next? So, so yeah, right. someone cannot release their mantle to you unless they're about to transition from the earth. So, <laughs> I've heard people say that and, and sell people on that. It's no way because if, if you release your mantle, that means you don't you don't have a mantle anymore. It right. doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, I think that's now, a great point. Often, what happens is God just drops it on the person. For me, it was December 2004. That's when the prophetic mantle came on me. I was in prayer. I felt this like warm blanket come over me. And then the next time I went to prophesy, I was already given prophetic words, moving in the prophetic. But this next time. It was like I felt an increased authority, increased faith. It was more detailed. I remember one of the words. So it was a gentleman named Doug Voorhees. I gave him this word. I said, you're missing your brother. And uh, you guys used to sleep on, on this bunk bed. And I described the cutlers. And it was like I was giving these words where I, the people were shocked, but I was more shocked than them. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was keeping my composure. You know, like, yes, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, the end, Mr. Prophet. Like, uh, yeah. you're, you're spooking me. I'm like, God, you kind of, I was like, Elisha, like, I can't believe this is really happening. I yeah. mean, it was, you know, <laughs> I knew that I had crossed over. It wasn't a game anymore. That's awesome. Love it. I had a, yes. I had a friend um, named Lachelle. She's passed away. She was in her living room praying. And she gave this, she felt something come over her, like, a, you know, fall on her. She gave a message in tongues and interpreted it right there in, in the living room to herself. It was an utterance. She gave an interpretation. The next day she gets in church, her pastor calls her out and says word for word, the message in tongues that she prophesied to herself the day before. Wow. And it was about her calling to ministry. Like what you're hearing? 
Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. Another one is Kenneth Hagin. He said he knew the moment that the teaching anointing, the teaching gift fell on him. He felt He said he felt a drop in his spirit and felt like a coin that rolled around. Interesting. He was a firebrand preacher. Yeah, he, he was. was a revivalist. And he said, the Lord told him, go ahead and hold a, a weekday teaching uh, service. He held the service. He thought only 10 people would come. He said like 20 came. And then he said, it grew to more people were coming for the teaching segments than his preaching. And he knew the moment that he received that mantle for teaching that fell into his spirit. And so it, it, can, it can drop from heaven. But when it drops, the Lord will always make proof of it. And there'll be tangible evidence and proof. Hmm. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out where to ask this. Well, let's just ask it now. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you a scenario because um, a friend of mine, um, she, uh, she was in a situation where she was at some gathering and there was a prophetic individual who turned to her and said, you just got a new mantle. And that was it. So she had a word of knowledge about that. She got a new mantle, but that was all. And so my, my friend is now in this place of like, she didn't even know what it was. She was like, okay, cool. Uh, and so she's been walking through this process, I guess, for the last two, the, the better part of two years of, uh, what does this even mean? I don't even know what mantle I have. So I, my question is this number one, was that, was this individual who said you got a new mantle? Was that a mishandling of the word? Because would you typically have some kind of confirmation? You got a new mantle and it's this. Um, and then also, even in spite of that mishandling, if it was mishandling, so I'll let you answer this in a second. Does my friend, how does she steward this? Because it resonated within her spirit when she, even though she didn't know what it was, it resonated within her spirit. She was like, whoa, okay, yeah, I do feel something. How do you, how do you steward that? Even though she doesn't know what it is, how does she steward what this mantle is and, and finding out what it means? So I'm going to be honest. I've seen quite a few meetings where people prophesied to people, they got a new mantle. I think sometimes in the prophetic, there is a, I don't want to say a push, but there is a, a thing, you know, people are watching you. There's sometimes where just being a little bit more sensational stirs the crowd up and some people can get sure. into that. And so I've been in places where the Lord told me, I remember one time he told me, he said, prophesy to three people that I show you and then sit down and don't say nothing else. And they kept trying to get me back up to get words to people in the Lord and I wouldn't do it. Mm. So, and there's been times that, you know, I give people these grandiose words and then I get to another person and I know that I want to, you know, just give them something great. And Lord, give me one word and I have to just walk off. And that word may make them break, cry, maybe the one word they need to hear. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes it is a mishandle. I think in that case, if you're if somebody's given that type of word, it should be something more attached to it. What is the new mantle? What is the purpose of it? What is uh -huh. the assignment of it? What does it look like? A lot of times when I'm prophesying to people and I see their mantle, I can tell them the colors. I can tell them the imagery that I see depending on their assignment. Uh, one time, one of my spiritual sons, Prophet Andre, I told him about, I think, the mantle that he had. And he had had a dream with the exact same design and, and all of those type of things. Um, so I think that it should have been more weighty. Sure. More detailed. Now, how she stewards that, 
there's a saying, eat the meat and throw away the bones. Sometimes when you get a prophetic word, if you're unsure, you pray, ask the Lord. If he doesn't give you revelation, just keep moving and put it in the I'll check on it later box. I think that's good. Um, don't get don't get too mental or analytical trying to there's a paralysis of analysis. Sometimes we're trying to analyze something that doesn't need to be analyzed and we yeah. paralyze ourselves because after two <laughs> years, if you got a new mantle after two years, you would know after two months, you would know that this mantle was there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's a great point. Um, and I guess it's not because I know this, my, my friend, I told her about it. Um, so it's not to discourage her. No. Um, I, I know that you've definitely had this, but I have where I get shown things or somebody says something and there's an assumption it's for the now. And then yes. sometimes it's who knows? Okay. We'll say this. Maybe this prophetic individual that's all she got that's all she gave and maybe my friend is in this process because she's been talking a lot about this and god's been unearthing or unearthing this being patient and waiting um yes. and that's been an area where she's been really challenged in lately and so i think um and we're always gonna i think a lot of us are always going to be challenged to to you know god will show us something that's two years, three years, four years down the road that we assumed was for now. And then you, there's this like weight you put on something. Okay. I need to do, I need to figure this out now. I need to do it right now because God showed me it now. It's for right now. And sometimes it's for later. And so like, I love, I love what you said, eat the meat, throw away the bones. I wish I had the notebook with me. It's not here, but I'll show you. Okay. I have, I have several, so I keep prophetic archives of prophetic words. I get dreams, visions. This is one. So this one has 2011 and 2013. Oh, wow. This one has 2020 to 21. And you see, I was printed out with the date, the time, uh -huh. how I got it, who gave it to me, um, where I was at, if it came by phony, I'm very meticulous with it, but the season that I'm in now, as far as where I feel the Lord shifted me into, I went yesterday and found these words from 2009, three words given in two months. And it speaks right to spiritually where I feel like the Lord's dealing with me now. I got those three words back to back, 2009, it didn't happen. And I was looking for it to happen. I thought it was gonna happen right away in 2009. It's 2022. And then there's, um, a, another geographical location that we're praying about doing some big ministry in and some people were saying well maybe you should move there and i didn't sense that i sense that we we'll stay in atlanta but just go out to that area to do ministry and set some things up i found a word from 2016 that said there's going to be one place for your family for kingdom connections for this and that but there's going to be another place for revival and so back then it made no sense but now it's perfect and so wow man i'm I've learned that we can just relax because the Lord says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Just relax and allow the rest of the rest of God to we only labor to enter into his rest in the Bible. That's the only labor we should be doing is enter into his rest. Yeah, that's good. And everything just flows smoothly in his place of rest. Yeah. So, OK, in in regards to like the diversity of mantles, can you have like a mantle of. A greater sphere of influence or, or networking or or whatever because i'm i'm looking at it i'm trying to help my friend out here because i'm looking at 
from a bird's eye view of the progression of of where she's been at from when she got that word about a new mantle and now where she's seen a greater sphere of influence okay she's uh, where she's she's networking with higher level people of influence now within the past since since she got that word she's also seen an increase in her words of knowledge and prophetic words and also hunger for intercession so much so that some big doors have been open to her just recently so i look at that and i go i don't know how you would interpret that mantle but i'm just trying to get i guess a conversation going about a further clarification on the diversity of mantles okay that's an excellent question and i want to say this the mantle grows on you and you grow into the mantle like elisha he had it but he had to grow into it you know, he had to understand what he was working with, what anointings he had, that he could divide the river. He didn't even know that he could divide the river. And as well, one time somebody came to me and asked me to pray that they get a new mantle. When I went to pray for the person, you know what the Lord told me? Tell them they haven't even tapped into the fullness of the mantle they have now. Hmm. And one of the things the Lord shows me, even when you receive a mantle, it's normally a time of maturation. Okay. And I have a personal window that I, I think before you even, because your faith grows, your grave grow, grows, your obedience, all of these things, probably seven to 10 years before you even know what you're really working with. And for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you should see an expansion of influence, an expansion of gifting, expansion of, of all of these. Some things should just be easier. They used to be more laborious. And so that's what happens. The person grows into the mantle and the mantle also expands as they become more confident and yielded to the spirit of God. Gotcha. And then time frame wise with the mantle, because I'm sure there are some people who, like you were saying, get caught up in the moment and they're like, you know, in a three month time span, they've received 10 mantles, you know, <laughs> and I don't know, that doesn't seem like something no. God would do because of what you were just talking about, where it's like, there is a, a, a maturing process with where learning to stand up under the weight of it, that that yes. costs like, like with weights, if you want to get stronger, you get heavy weights and you just, you just grind, you know? I agree. So, yeah. Yes. A lot of it is, is learning, you know, and, and you, you'll make people make mistakes. <laughs> A lot of it is learning, you know, and, okay. Also, what happens, the mantle does not manifest fully until the time that it's needed, mm. when there's a demand placed upon it. Because if you have a mantle, like I'm just going back to Elisha, that he could divide the river, part the river. But what if you're a place where there's no river? So you have that ability, but there hasn't been a demand placed on it yet for that. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So yeah. let's say someone has a healing mantle, a healing gift, healing anointing, but they never pray for sick people. Then it's not going to be stirred up. And so sometimes the, right. the mantle will have pieces to it, elements to it, that it's just waiting for God's perfect timing for the assignments that it's attached to. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And then I think too, when there's a lack of clarity with anything, and I know this you know, obviously you can speak more to the whole mantle subject, but just in a general understanding of how God operates, 
the process of understanding something um, is our first priority should be in communion with the Lord. So anything else, it's like trying to make it happen or trying to understand it. I've found there's so much more peace in knowing, okay, well, God told me this. I'm just going to keep doing the one thing I know how to do, which is to abide in him. And the rest of that is I know that I'm going to continually change and develop and, and, and be conformed to his image. Right. So all that other stuff, God said, I'm going to believe in faith that that's going to manifest and I'm going to be obedient when I see an opportunity present itself. But ultimately, my our primary goal, every single one of us, is to, to pursue the Father, is to pursue that communion with him. And so I think that, I would say in my 20s, would have frustrated me, that answer, because I'm like, no, I need to know the other stuff. But like, yeah. as I get older, <laughs> it's like, no man like just chill out like just chill yes you know and don't make stuff happen when i try to make stuff happen man it's like the worst yes i'm i'm so jeff i'm so laid back i'm so chill i'm so unbothered i'm so unworried that just you know reese i was having a conversation with two different people and i guess they were trying to make me be more i don't want to say worry like they are or more intense like they are but they're not at the same level of experience or maturity, you know, especially the more influence and the more responsibility God gives you, you can't allow those, you know, somebody that's dealing with one metron, sphere of influence, one assignment. If they get worked up about that one assignment, that's one thing. But if you're dealing with 10 things and each thing stresses you out, it's going to overcome you. So resting in God, abiding in God and knowing that God is God. Right. Let him be God. Spend time with him. Enjoy him. Uh, hear from him. But let God be God. <laughs> Our job yeah. is to abide yeah. him, like you said, and to hear and to obey. And sometimes we put this extra weight on us to try to bring to pass something that, look, listen, if God spoke it, he the one. he's the one that originated it. He came up with the idea. He didn't ask us to do it. He just asked us to walk with him and to obey. And we get into trying, like Joseph, you know, he told his brothers, I think a little bit out of season, he ended up in the pit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to that, I often say that God, Mr. Like, like in the karate kid, Mr. Miyagi, that he, Mr. Miyagi's us where he'll, he'll tell you, okay, you want to learn karate? Okay. Hey, wax wax this car go for it and you're like come yeah. on man really like and then and then you you go through that process if you devote yourself to that process the fruit it yields is number one discipline self-control patience but then you also learn karate at the same time and that's the ultimate goal is god is is wanting to to teach us these things but often for me it's like it's been through stuff that like he'll tell me something and i'm like let's go you know and then then he's like okay now go over here and do this like completely unrelated thing in my mind yes completely unrelated thing and you're like nope absolutely not god i will not do that because i'm standing in faith that you said that i'm gonna be a hollywood filmmaker you know and i'm i i want steve on my door and that's what i'm waiting for you know and it's like the process getting there yeah. the refinement like that's 
that's it. That's the process. That's 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 it. If you miss that, it's going to be hard to connect to the fullness. And I love what you just said. I just thought about the gentleman that started. I believe it was Pancrest or Pan Ridge Balboa College. But anyway, years ago in the fifties, um, he was owner of a cable company, one of the first cable companies in New York City. And he sold this cable company because he accepted his call to ministry. He was in World War II and he told the Lord that if he he was a radio man and radio men were the, some of the first people that were going to get killed because they want to shut down communications. He went into a church. He didn't even believe in God. And he told he prayed and told God, if you get me out of this war alive, I will serve you. Well, God kept him at that word and called him to ministry. He sold his cable business. He would have been a multi, multi, multi millionaire because he was at the groundbreaking beginning of cable television. And he thought the Lord was going to send him out on a mission field. He's going to start a church. He's going to preach. He was praying to the Lord what to do next for you. The Lord said, I want you to go work for that paint company. For a year, he worked as an assistant to the owner of a paint company. Oh, but he man. said he learned more in that year what was needed for his destiny, his future, than probably in the last 10 years. <laughs> so that's God takes us on a, a route that we, we wouldn't have planned out. He missed a Miyagi him. Yep. Straight up, man. <laughs> that's the way to do it. And it's actually kind of, it can be frustrating in the moment, especially if you're looking for, you've predetermined in your mind what results you're looking for. Yes. Um, but to me, I'm more, I'm, I'm definitely more tickled by it now uh, because there are things I'm doing now that I think are the thing that, but they're actually not. Um, and, and then I look back and I just get kind of tickled by how God does things. Cause he's so much smarter than me. He's so much wiser than me. Um, and the process, the refinement process that, that happens through that, um, yes. is, is I'm kind of getting to the point, man, where like the process to me is like, that's that's the exciting part. I mean, yeah, obviously upgrading and, yeah. and then moving into a season. Um, it feels a little bit like, you know, the, um, when you're a kid and you're riding on your bike or an adult riding on your bike and you're like going through a neighborhood that's really hilly and you're like, oh, you're going up the hill and you're going up the hill. And then once you get up and you go down, it's like all the effort you made to get up there, it makes it that much sweeter when you get to yes. like, you're all sweaty and you're like cruising down the hill and you get the wind blowing in your face and you're like cooling <laughs> off. Um, that's the moving into the next season um, of moving into the thing that you were being trained up for and refined into so that you could operate. And that's what it feels like is that coast that, that like coasting down the hill. But the, the process of like, getting up the hill that that's where you're actually seeing the growth that's where you're seeing yes. the building of your muscle the building of your endurance and stamina and that's a I, good thing i agree even right now we feel like we're in the a process season for the next and i can feel my thoughts are different i can feel my desires are different mm -hmm. because if he was just to give you the manifestation or the demands or whatever and you didn't change it would be a, a, a misalignment Oh, yeah. Because he has to shift you internally to be able to walk in the wisdom and also carry the weight of whatever it is he has for you in mm -hmm. the next season. Yeah, man. This is speaking to me, man. This is good. I know it's speaking to a lot of people. Um, yeah. Okay. 
So I see a note in here about mantles in the spirit realm, how a mantle allows one spiritual grace and access into the spirit realm. Okay. So I guess the why behind a mantle, like what's what, what obviously we've established what it is. Uh, you know, yeah, we know it's for operating on a higher level or in a different avenue, but but why? Like, why Why do we get these mantles? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. So I, 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 I have about four reasons. Number one, God has, a gov- God has a government that functions in heaven, but also in the earth through the church. And so it's part of sustaining and increasing the government of God uh, because especially if you're apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, that is kind of the governmental graces within the church. And then secondly, to meet the needs of mankind. And, you know, I believe the city was maybe Jericho, that the waters were accursed and Elisha came and his mantle allowed him to uh, do something to the waters and the waters were now pure. You know, there was a famine and he spoke and the famine reverse and it went from being a famine to being prosperity hmm. um, even with jesus you know there were many blind people and deaf people and lame people there was no healing ministries then benny hen hadn't arrived yet you know and so <laughs> Catherine kuhlman <laughs> wasn't on the scene and yeah. so there was a need there was there was a spiritual sickness but also a lot of physical sickness so there's needs of mankind that the mantles help to deal with joseph for instance he was dealing with an economic situation that there was a famine for seven years. His mantle allowed a nation, two nations to survive because not only Egypt, the nations that came to Egypt to buy and to purchase, they were effective and affected in a positive way. And he saved his entire bloodline from starvation um, by the mantle and by the, the grace and wisdom that God gave him. And so it's to meet the needs of mankind. And then the third reason is to war against darkness, oppression, injustice to war against those things to really bring the light into darkness to bring truth into error to bring truth into falsehood and to deal with systems that have been either set up or taken over by demonic infiltration okay and then the last one is to reveal god reveal jesus christ to make him known in the earth to make him known in the lives of people and the hearts of people mm. and then Let's talk about, let's spend some time talking about new mantles versus old mantles. So obviously you had kind of touched on someone. I can't be like, Demonte, the, the, the mantle that's on me is now on you when I'm in my thirties that I've got, you know, unless I'm dying tomorrow, I've got a lifetime ahead of me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do that. Even if I'm well-intentioned, I can't do that. So and maybe I'll throw in another example into this or another another thing. So we've got new mantles, we've got old mantles. And then what's the difference between a mantle and like imparting? Can you, uh, what's the, maybe that's a whole that we can transition into that, but like the process of imparting something, Illumination just said that, like, what's the difference? Let me say, get it just directly. What, what's the difference between releasing their mantle and an impartation? So oh, you can tell you a story. Okay. I just knocked my books down. But I wrote this book called Grab Hold of Your Miracle. Oh, yeah. And I actually have this on video. The Lord was telling me that there was someone that was praying for miracles in their life. They were praying for healing and that 
whoever that person was that was praying for like these three or four specific things, when I give them the book and they touch it, it's going to be an impartation. This young lady named Demetrius, she's a worship leader. She travels all over. She was CBN producer. She touches the book and literally flies back with the power of God, just hits her. Oh, Didn't pray for her, just touched the book. It's on video. Crazy. And um, she tells me that I believe she had some kidney stones. She said they, they just healed. She felt the fragrance of the Lord. She heard, I think, singing or something. The Lord did some healing in the motions, but also in the body. And she felt this upgrade of, of kind of her anointing because she's powerful already. And so that is one example. Um, so impartation is not releasing a mantle to a person. Impartation is releasing some level of graces to a person. Because a mantle mm-hmm. means that you're standing a specific assignment in office. So instance, somebody can already be a prophet and have a prophetic mantle, but they receive an impartation. And now they have their same mantle, but it's like their word of knowledge is stronger. Their word of wisdom is stronger. They're seeing mm-hmm. visions more there. Their dreams have doubled. And so that's how impartation works. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about new versus old mantles. Okay. Yes. So why would God create a new mantle versus transfer over an old one? You know, when the right time is to, to, yeah, go for it. So there are a lot of people, they read about people of olden times and they pray that God would give them that person's mantle and God will honor that to a degree. But that person's mantle was for their day, their time, the systems they were dealing with, the things they were dealing with. God tailors, tailor makes, customizes mantles for the people, for the time, for the error, for the challenges, for the systems, all of those things. And so we don't need, you know, a new, a old mantle accomplished what it did in the days that it was supposed to be in the earth. We need new mantles because there's new challenges and the times have shifted. But at times the Lord will allow portions of someone's mantle to be imparted. Like if you look at Benny Hinn, you can clearly see that his ministry style is different. His flow is different. I believe the glory is heavier on him than probably was on Catherine Kuhlman. But you can see that out of anyone that received something from Catherine Kuhlman, it probably was Benny Hinn. And he, mm. you know, he did her, I believe, her funeral and all these things. But he doesn't have her mantle. He has his own mantle, but yeah. he has a portion of her mantle. He has a great of her okay. mantle. Yes. Yeah. So would now, you say that I'll go for it? No, no, I was gonna tell you, this is something really. And I have this on take two. This really shocked me. I was in Ghana. This my friend, he's a powerful prophet, very powerful, very accurate, very detailed, uh-huh. very humble. And I lay hands on him and I was taken in the spirit. And I was taking back to the school of the prophets during the days of Elijah. Just like that. And I saw that the mantle that he had now was one of those people that Elijah had trained. And I gave him this word in front of his church. I said, it's going to be a day and time that you're going to manifest fire against the works of darkness. And he said he had just told his church that the week before. That's what the Lord told him during his time of fasting. But where he's at, see, Elijah dealt with a system of witchcraft. When he came up against the prophets of Baal, they were occultic. They were idolaters. They dealt in witchcraft and sorcery. They dealt with principalities and powers. He was outnumbered like four or five hundred to one. He needed a strong mantle. Oh, yeah. To, you know, he <laughs> he didn't have a Daniel mantle that he's sitting in the palace. He had yeah. a, this was for war. 
Yeah. Well, this gentleman, you know what he deals with all the time? Witches and wizards and warlocks and stuff in Africa. And, you know, they come into his house and shot at his house and put hits out on him. And I mean, this has been so his mantle is needed yeah. for that region, that territory, that assignment. Mm-hmm. But the Lord showed me the old mantle recycle back into the earth. Interesting. Yeah. Because like with so in your mind, like in regards to Elisha getting a double portion of Elijah's mantle. From your experience, was that more, it was a double portion because it was like a portion of Elijah's mantle and his own. and then in addition to his own. His own, yes. Yeah, I think that, yes. that's cool. Because you, you, you're going to have to have your own. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. to me, it's like if you have armor, like it, say for the sake of the you know example, it's like, it's like armor, it's like, Okay, you have your own armor, and then and then God's gonna put another person's armor on top of you. Well, it's like you're not gonna be able to do any. If if you're looking at it from a physical yeah. sense, you're not gonna be able to do anything. You're gonna be like this giant <laughs> blob of armor, and so it it would make more sense to take the the components that are necessary. Like I don't know, whatever. I won't get into the details, but um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So something I was gonna ask you about about this. Um, Oh, I you, forgot. You know the analogy I'm seeing? Yeah. It's Tony Stark's Iron Man suit. Yeah. That's like okay. a mantle. Okay. You know, he's a regular human, but when that Iron Man suit comes, he's supernatural. He, he can do things that Tony couldn't do. That's like God enshrouding his grace and ability in specific areas. You know, you know, stuff that Tony can do that or that other characters can't do, and vice versa. And so we need each other's graces. Yeah, and actually, the whole co- component of the Elisha versus Elijah moment would be like in Iron Man Two when when Rhodey gets his Iron Man suit from Tony and then adds his own compo- components and it becomes <laughs> War Machine. War Ma- yes, yeah, yep. There you go. Perfect analogy. I'm a War That's Machine it. guy. I like War Machine over <laughs> Iron Man, anyways. So yeah, um, perfect. yeah. That's perfect. I love it. Um, Okay, oh, man, I really want to. Okay, well, let's just go into the three categories of mantles, and if I remember the other thing, then then we'll go back to it. Well, these are three that I believe the Lord showed me that's really needed for this next generation, for the next harvest of things. The first one is the the mat. We have a lot of apostles, but really a mantle of apostolic administration. It's I call it the James James the Apostle mantle. Okay. You know, we hear about Peter, we hear about John, we hear about different ones. We don't hear about James the Lord brother too much. But if you look into the book of Acts, he was a pillar. Galatians, Apostle Paul said he was one of the three pillars. We don't really see him doing miracles. We don't see him, you know, doing too much supernatural activity. But he had a, a real grace of leadership. History kind of tells us that his job was kind of to organize a minister, you know, the resources, the leadership. So I believe that for the next move of God to really not only reap a massive harvest of souls but to disciple them and to put them into position and mobilize them we need this james type of apostolic anointing there are some people that's really gifted with dealing with masses of churches and leaders and all those different things the second one is kind of isaiah mantle of prophetic intelligence because if we look at isaiah i mean he has a ton of prophecies he's prophesying about everything he's all over the place but also he prophesies into the past. He sees the earth, you know, 
like in you know pre times he's prophesying into the future but he goes into the i mean into the present and into the future he says behold a virgin will give birth he's like 600 years early right. they're like what is this guy talking about i mean he's very <laughs> his he goes into a level of divine intelligence prophetic intelligence and i believe especially now with some of the billionaires i'm not going to name any names <laughs> that are that are they're creating programs and doing studies and coming up with ways to control populations and we're going to need people with real prophetic divine intelligence like isaiah that can really have foreknowledge but pinpoint precise accuracy into some of the the, the, the granular things that's taking place and expose them and also to help the people of god navigate and then the yeah. third one is that amount mantle for signs and wonders to make god real especially in places where there's other religions islam uh, buddhism hinduism atheists i'm gonna say atheism you know that's a religion of yeah i just don't believe in anything <laughs> so yeah um but we really need that th those three and there's many more but those are three that really stand out to me for this day and time yeah good okay so i remember what i was going to talk about or i was going to ask you about um and this may upset some people and that's uh -oh. fine i don't care um, because I think that it's worth talking about the whole concept of grave soaking. Now, to me, that seems odd. Um, I'm just being honest. Uh, I, I don't, I can't think of any example within the Bible where, okay, look, DeMonte, are there times where God asks, has asked me or, or said things to me that are weird that I can't find in the Bible? Yes, but I wouldn't yeah. build a doctrine off of them. And and so I see there's pockets within the prophetic where they'll go to someone's gravesite and they just lay there for hours and they're like, oh God, give me a portion of, of this. Give me a portion of this. And I'm like, I I just, to me, I find that that can be a slippery slope. Like maybe maybe there are some times where there are people and you're like, yeah, I legit was told to go to this person's grave okay okay like i'm cool you know whatever like sometimes like i said god has asked me to do things that i'm like i'm not gonna i'm gonna be very choosy about who i tell you know, who I <laughs> yes, tell this to, you I, know? I do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so those times when guys told you to do those things that's a little peculiar and i've been told things like that too you were not planning it you were not thinking about it it was not a doctrine you were trying to create but yeah. these individuals are doing it almost like you said, as a doctrine, they're planning it out. They're doing it out of self. It's not spirit led and they're doing it in groups. And, you know, there is an instance in the Bible where the man died and he fell into Elisha's tomb and the anointing on Elisha caused him to come back to life. But he didn't okay. plan that out. He just right. happened to die. And, yeah. you know, God orchestrated that moment. He didn't orchestrate it. Mm -hmm. um, we have to be very cautious. Because. In voodoo, they go to the grave and do something very similar. They're yeah. always robbing graves, hanging out in graves, using parts from graves. And one thing that you find out from any people that deal in occultism, witchcraft, is the grave is a place that a lot of demonic spirits hang around. Hmm. And so some of these people may be going and opening themselves, thinking they're getting an anointing, and they could be getting something, but it's not from God. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think some of these practices have become skewed. Um, people that do these things, I haven't found one person that has stood up 
and really done something impactful from the kingdom, you know, because they've been at the grave. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> where that and person's have- body is, you know, it's like, it's not that it, again, I know there are some very well-respected individuals in the body of Christ who've been led to do this stuff. Like I said, I'm not yeah. condemning it outright. I'm condemn. I'm honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I'm condemning it as a, as a practice that we should have within the, it just to me seems like, like you were talking about in voodoo, they go to graves In voodoo, they deal with dead, dead things. And, and um, yeah. So no, I don't think it should be a practice. And I do know one gentleman I'm thinking of right now. He's in another country. He went to a grave and he prayed. And but he was already a mature leader and he felt right. the Lord was 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 challenging him sure. to go there. Yep. But not where you plan it out yourself and you're bringing groups and you're making it a practice and you're taking your church down on every you know, every first Wednesday of the month, we're gonna have grave prayer. That's getting into divination. Yeah. There we go. Boom. Yeah. Let's get into that. You know, (laughs) talk about it in the comments, people. (laughs) I'm not going to the grave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So, okay. So let's, um, before we close out, let's talk about, you have a note in here about how angels react, relate to mantles. Okay. Depending on the type of mantle and the rank on the mantle and all those different things. But uh, normally when a person receives a mantle, especially to the fivefold ministry, there is an angel or angels that's assigned to them. Okay. And depending on their assignment, um, you know, Jesus said he had what, 12 legions of angels, I believe. He had like 66,000, 70,000 angels that could have came and, and took care of business for him. Mm-hmm. But depending on the assignment, there are angels. And so what happens as well is it gives you legal access into the spirit realm. But also it gives you legal access dealing with demonic powers. Let me give you an example. I've known people that went to territories that they God never called them to, and they came back jacked up, or they lost their life, or they were really sick, or they were wheelchairs. And you know, but someone that has a mantle for that territory or a mantle that can deal with the powers in that territory, the angels and the grace that's upon them those demonic powers can't even really touch them the same type of way. And so demonic spirits recognize your authority. They recognize God's authority upon you. Let me put it that way. But also angels recognize the authority and grace and position that a person holds in God. And so even when you go, so I've been into countries and the angel from that country will visit me in a dream and tell me something or speak something to me or release something that was symbolic in the dream. And I won't go into, you know, I could go into more detail, but I'm just giving an example. And so it's this, this spiritual recognition that takes place in the spirit realm. It's almost like with the sons of Siva, they were doing the activity, but they right. didn't have the grace. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Peter, I know. Jeff Darp, I know. But who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they ended up naked and being chased out. And you don't want that, man. <laughs> yeah, that that <laughs> is mean, embarrassing. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be embarrassed like that, guys. Yeah. Humiliating. Yeah. So, um, how, how do we partner with, with angels in this, like an awareness of, okay, like, you know, I've got a, a new mantle within the prophetic. How do I partner with angels? How, how does that work? Okay. I'm going to give you one. This is going to be kind of like a stream extreme example, but okay. this is going to be 
I'm going to use an extreme example because it makes it clear cut. Yeah. You know, William Branham, who was a great revivalist and, and prophet in the 40s, 50s and 60s, he would get up, talk about the word a little bit, fumble around. And then he would say, you know what? I'm just really waiting for my angel to show up and then he's going to allow me to move into prophetic. And he said, okay, the angel's here. Angel will pull back like spiritual curtain. He'll see into people's lives, tell them the names, details, address. When the angel leaves, he stops prophesying. So <laughs> um, they bring in graces. You know, sometimes I'm ministering and I feel this healing anointing coming in. And I can pray for people by faith and they get healed. I can pray. But sometimes I feel this healing wind, mm -hmm. this healing anointing. I know there's healing angels as a sign to me that's activated. That's a sign for that time. And they, God wants to stir something up. And so it's just being discerning. And I wrote a book called Discerning of Spirits. Great book. Thank you. That goes into yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. You know, like how the gift of discernment helps you to understand what's taking place around you. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Love it. Thank you. Love it. This is a great, great subject. This is, I think, plenty for people to grab a hold of because this is a new concept for some people. I know we're getting a lot of people that God is kind of pulling deeper into things. And um, and that's an exciting thing, but it warrants uh, clarity. And so I think that this is a great episode for people who uh, are experiencing this for the first time uh, or are being called a pyre, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, Demonte, can you, uh, just with mantles in mind, can you just uh, pray, for, pray for the people uh, as you feel led? Yes. Well, Father, we thank you for right now that each and every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're called to have a mantle or not, there is a purpose upon their life. There is a destiny upon their life and they're needed in the army of God. They're needed in the kingdom of God. I pray, God, that you allow the spotlight of heaven, the spotlight of the Holy Spirit to illuminate their area that they're supposed to function in and operate in. I pray, God, that you would pull out of them into the forefront, every gift and calling that's needed for this time and needed for this hour. And I pray, God, that they won't become fascinated or or, or overly uh, engaged in what it is they're supposed to do, God, but they become engaged in knowing you in a greater way. We pray, God, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ would rest on them. And out of that place of intimacy, out of that place of a deep desire to know you and to know your will for their life, that everything else would just fall in place. Every ability, every gift, every mantle, every assignment will just fall in place, Lord. And there'll be an ease that we decree now that every burden to perform will be to perform will be lifted. And you'll just walk into the ease and rest of the Lord in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Mm. Amen. Demonte, thank, thank you. you so much, man. Thank I just you. love, I love sitting and just sitting at your feet and just listening to you teach. I think. Um, you just have such a gifting for that amongst many other things. So um, how, how can people follow you? Obviously we mentioned like the highways TV program, all that good stuff. So just give people the deets. So uh, you can look me up on Facebook or Instagram uh, as well. The web pages, there are all the information's there and uh, you can find me all of those places. You won't find me at the grave, but you will find me at those places, the website, <laughs> f4nations.com. And Come thank on. you, Jeff, as well. And thank you to the Elijah Fire team and shout out to Steve as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but everybody have an amazing weekend. That's our show. Again, no show on Monday because of Labor Day. We're going to be back on Wednesday for episode 100 and Steve Schultz is coming back, baby. 
And so we're going to be talking all about him chronicling his uh, his past of abuse and how God brought him through that and brought him through trauma. It's going to be a really powerful episode. I'm going to ask if he wanted to speak on it and he felt released to speak on it. So it's going to be great. So everybody tune in on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll see you then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.